PDPW On Demand. Here's Bill Baker. Hello and thank you for joining us and supporting the PDPW Weekly Podcast. This week, Hank Wagner shares why it's important to keep living a joyful life, even when the world is telling us otherwise. And he learns these lessons from an unlikely source. Here's Hank Wagner with three lessons from cats. Well, I am excited, honored to engage with you once again on another PDPW podcast. And I've got three, what I think are really important lessons to share with you on this podcast, especially because of the challenging times that we're in. And I would like to title this podcast, Three Lessons from Cats. Now, I I know you're probably thinking, what has gone wrong? What's happened with Hank? He's now listening to cats. And you're probably picturing this cat who's standing up behind a podium with with big dark glasses balanced carefully on his whiskers as he holds a pointer and proceeds to teach me all of the knowledge and wisdom of the world. No, I'm not necessarily being taught by cats. However, and this is not one of the three lessons, it's kind of a free or extra credit one, I believe that if every single day we start out our day and continue our day Listening, observing, being more aware, with the expectation to learn, to grow, that you would be surprised how many days that actually happens. And sometimes those lessons, that learning, that wisdom, that understanding, that awareness, comes from just watching nature. It may come from watching other animals or watching other people or listening to people, watching circumstances unfold, watching as mistakes happen and and lessons get learned, or, as in this case, watching cats. So these three lessons did come from cats, but I tell you what, before we even get to those three lessons, if we just stopped here, if you just apply that one lesson we just talked about, every single day, setting out with the expectation to learn and to become more aware of your surroundings and people and their feelings and and all of that stuff, your life will take a dramatic, positive turn. Let's get back to these three lessons from cats. So most of you are aware that I'm a fourth-generation dairy farmer and, and I love animals. And most, if not all, farmers... Dairy farmers, beef farmers, love animals. That's part of the reason why they do what they do. We love animals. I love cows and calves and horses and dogs and, yes, cats. And we have lots of animals on our farm, including cats. We've got 30-plus cats. Really nice, healthy, awesome, wonderful, amazing cats. People always comment on the quality of our cats when they come to visit our farm. So a couple of those lessons are from our farm cats. And the first lesson is don't eliminate the good in trying to prevent the bad. Don't eliminate the good while you're trying to prevent the bad. 
Now our daughter Laura is also a a hardcore animal lover. I mean she really loves animals. Which is awesome because she's in charge of all of the animals on our farm. She's responsible for giving them good care and she does. Every single one of them. And she's had a tough year with animals. She's had two horses for many, many, many years. And over the past 12 months, both of those horses were, were very old and, and uh, had numerous health issues, but Laura gave them really, really good care. But over the last 12 months, she lost both of those horses. Those were trying times. Those were hurtful times. This spring, she's also lost a number of cats. A couple of them just strangely disappeared. And then we've had some hit on the road. We live fairly close to the road, and our cats a lot of times like to cross the road to the other side, to the field, and, and do some hunting. And sometimes these crazy cats are, are just so friendly and playful and, and love attention that they go out and they sit on the road as if every car is going to stop by and pet them or give them attention. But I think the worst one of all of them happened probably about a month ago. It was uh, mid-morning and just so happened that our son Sean was standing out uh, uh, by our shop working on a piece of equipment. He saw a cat crossing the road and uh, sure enough a vehicle goes flying by. And the vehicle actually swerved over into the opposite lane not to avoid the cat but to hit the cat. Now there's people out there who who love animals and there's people out there evidently who dislike animals. That was a hard one. That was a hard day. That was a hard one to explain. Does that cat lie on the road for a small period of time kicking as it took its last breath? What, how could I possibly console Laura and tell her it was an accident? It, it, it's going to be okay. It's one thing to lose a cat, to lose a animal, to lose a pet, to lose a friend, but to have somebody intentionally take their life just makes the hurt and the challenge even tougher. So I watched Laura as she experienced deep heartache and shed lots of tears over these last months of losing animals. And I shared hurt right along with her because I loved those animals too, but I think it was harder, it was worse watching her hurt. And finally, I asked her a question. I said, Laura, I have a way that we can prevent this hurt from never happening again. Would you like that? And she paused. And she started to think this has got to be a trick question. I don't know how that can be. And she knows her dad that sometimes questions are, are asked just to uh, encourage or engage uh, her or another person in, in thinking. But finally she said, yeah, yeah, I would like to not have to hurt from losing one of my pets. What is it? What can I do? I said, well, it's it's quite 
simple actually. We just have to remove all of the animals or pets from your life and you never have any more animals or pets in your life again. And she said, no way, Dad. No way, are you crazy? Now, I wasn't expecting that to happen and, and I didn't think that was the right solution, but it was a part of the thinking process of taking her through a, a process of understanding. And I said, well, why wouldn't you want to eliminate the pain and sorrow that you've gone through recently as you've lost some of your prized favorite animals? And she said, well, Dad, every single day I have pleasure and fulfillment and joy out of my animals. If I got rid of all of the animals in my life, my life would seem empty. I have so many memories attached to all of the animals in my life. I said, exactly. We have to be careful that the challenges, the struggles, the hurts, that we don't eliminate all of the good in trying to prevent those hurts or those struggles. Because we end up with lives that are empty and lack fulfillment and joy and purpose and pleasure. So if it's the loss of a loved one, Yes, it's hurt and it's sorrowful and it's painful. But imagine a life lived without them, ever. Maybe it's hurt in a relationship or a, or a divorce or a betrayal by a friend or family member. Don't stop living. Don't give up on people. Don't remove people from your life. Don't say you'll never have another relationship just to make sure that pain or hurt never happens again. This pandemic that we're in. Don't stop doing things. Don't stop living. Don't stop having joy and happiness and doing some of the things that bring pleasure. Just to try to eliminate some of the challenge or the bad connected to it. Lesson number two. Don't become too dependent on someone or something to survive. Back to cats. Every morning, it's, a, it's an amazing sight to see. And if this was a, a, a video broadcast, I, I'd, I'd show you. But every morning, the day starts for most of us on the farm at 5 o'clock. And at 5 o'clock, or just prior to 5 o'clock, Laura's vehicle pulls into the yard. She lives off the farm. And about 70% of our 30-plus cats are scattered around the driveway of our farm just prior to 5 o'clock in the morning as they await the arrival of Laura's vehicle. She gets out of her vehicle, and then, yes, 20-plus cats slowly swarm her and follow her all the way to the barn. She's like, you, you see that, and it's like she's a cat whisperer. And they're all walking back and forth right in front of her feet, trying to get her attention. And it's, it's just amazing to see that. Those 20-plus cats 
follow her, walk back in front of her as she talks to them, and they meow back. And I'm not sure if it's the attention or if it's the fact that they know that Laura's coming to feed them. And they head right to the buffet where she feeds all of these cats and they all swarm in there. And it really is a wonderful sight to see. And we have another group of cats. There's actually three cliques of cats on our farm. The other group is what we call the horse barn cats. It's about 20% of the cats live in the horse barn. They have their special clique, their special group, and yeah, they do get some cat food fed to them in the horse barn, and they, they usually don't stray too far from it. It's a ways away from the barn. They usually don't mix together too much, but they also do their share of hunting. And then we've got a group, the remaining 10% of our cats, we call them the hunters. And they, they for the most part, live in our commodity shed, where all of our straw bales, hay bales are, and those cats hunt. We don't see them a lot. They're not coming to the buffet. They're not coming to be cared for. Now, I have to admit that we buy a lot of cat food. We buy it in a 50-pound bags, and sometimes I tell Laura we should get a bulk bin and save on this cat food, and she knows that I'm just teasing her. But occasionally we run out of cat food. And when we run out of cat food, something very serious happens. Those, those buffet cats, the 70% of our herd, will sit around the, the dishes, the empty dishes and meow. And if we understood English, I'm sure they're crying and complaining and whining. And I wonder if we didn't race to get them food, how many of them would die laying next to the empty cat dishes complaining that there was no food? Yet the hunters, the 10%, they never miss a beat. It doesn't matter if there's food there. So I, I think there's a lesson there. We as people need to be careful that we don't become like the buffet cats and become so dependent on someone or something to survive. We need to be careful that our need for attention isn't coming always from somebody else. That we have some self-worth, some self-confidence, some pride in doing what's right, not doing things to get attention. That we have a humble respect for the gifts and talents that we have and a desire to give them away. We have to be careful that we don't become dependent on government, our job, parents, family, etc., and become like those buffet cats that our ability to survive, to have happiness, to have joy, to have fulfillment is dependent on someone or something else. We have to be careful that we don't think that government money is the answer or free schools or free insurance. We need to make sure that, that we're able to care for ourselves and don't become too dependent on someone or something to survive. Lesson number three. It is possible to thrive, not just survive, but thrive in a world or a season of seemingly overwhelming challenges. 
Another cat story. This one happened many, many years ago. I was in another country, a uh, somewhat poor country in a city, and there was dogs everywhere. Everywhere you looked, you could see dogs roaming the neighborhoods. You could hear them barking, howling. It was, there was clear dog city. And it kind of appeared to me that I had not seen any cats. And as you are well aware, cats and dogs usually don't get along very well. And I thought, a cat wouldn't last a second in this environment, in this city of dogs. And then all of a sudden, I observed a cat. As I sat out in my chair, just watching, observing, being in a state of hunger to learn, I saw this cat. And the cat jumped onto a garbage can, up onto a short concrete wall, bounced off an eave trough onto the roof of another building, and went down this, this street in, in what appeared to be a clearly well-thought-out path. And dogs were following, barking, jumping, putting their paws up on the walls, clearly angry about this cat in their neighborhood. But this cat just calmly proceeded down its path and slipped through some iron bars that were only wide enough for this cat to fit through as it left the rest of the dogs on the other side of this gate barking and howling and complaining about the cat in their neighborhood. This cat was thriving. This was not some skinny cat that was about to take its last breath. This cat was thriving in that neighborhood of dogs, in that neighborhood of enemies, in that neighborhood of, of enemies who wanted to kill that cat. It is possible to thrive, not just live, in a world or season of overwhelming challenge. But it takes planning. It takes determination to look outside of the, the bad things that are happening. It might be connected to COVID. Don't let it dominate your life. Don't, don't let it dominate your thoughts. Don't let that challenge paralyze your ability to find answers, solutions, or like that cat, a new path to success, happiness, or prosperity. It might be a challenge connected to relationships, or family, or business, or finances, or personal issues. Be like that cat. Don't focus on all of the, the barking and all of the loud sounds or voices of how bad things are. You were created. Yes, you were created with purpose, with destiny. There should be legacy attached to your life. You have a grand future ahead of you, regardless of what this season of challenges may be telling you. Don't let COVID-19, or any other challenge for that matter, prevent you from that glorious future. Our thanks to Hank Wagner, motivational speaker, author, and Wisconsin dairy farmer with Wagner Dairy Farms and head of Wagner Leadership Training 
More details at becomebetterleaders.com. From the professional dairy producers, you are the most important asset on this planet. Thank you for listening and supporting these PDPW weekly podcasts. Have a great week.